your favorite sports lineup. We'll be back starting at 7 this morning. Arias. Low Tide. Gregor. Right here on Sports 1440. Swing and a drive. Get up, ball. Get out of here. And God. And they are the city of champions again. And the Tedescobos. Great coach champs. McDavid set up by Drysaddle. Another breakaway. This time he wins it. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. Wow, Friday, where did the week go? Uh, We started on Tuesday right here on Sports 1440, and here we are to close out week number one. And yeah, we've had a couple of glitches here and there, but um, I think all in all, listeners quite happy with their first week of all sports radio back in the capital city. Kevin Carius, along with the Duke, Brandon Douglas, who had a long shift yesterday. He was... uh, up and at him early here to kick things off. And then uh, down at uh, watching the NFL Thursday nighter. So what time did you crawl into bed last night, buddy? Uh, about 11.30 by the time <laughs> I got back to the, the the home pad in Fort Saskatchewan. You know, do I still got some prep to finish up for this morning's show yeah. at that time of night. You know, get some stuff printed off, some backgrounds made for our social clips and whatnot. So it was, it was a long one yesterday. There was some of the technical issues going on during mm-hmm. Gregor's show. I stuck around to try and help uh, some more behind-the-scenes stuff so Connor and Declan didn't have quite as many things to work with uh, once they finish up their show at 6 o'clock. Oh, even, man, so. that's a good shift. So how, how was the game last night? And uh, tell everyone where you were and how what you were doing and watching the game. And I know you wanted the... Uh, I think you wanted the over in the game, I believe. Yeah, like life's way too short to bet the under ever. <laughs> um, and it, we talked to Dave Scretta from Kansas City yesterday, and he said this game was supposed to be a shootout, and I 100% agree. It didn't really quite end up that way. A couple turnovers and stuff. But yeah, I was down at the Canadian Brew House. Uh, Connor, Hallie, and myself are going to be uh, at a brew house location across the capital region every Monday and Thursday. Uh, they're a great partner of ours with the Fantasy Frenzy Show and, and the mm-hmm. whole station here at Sports 1440. Um, the atmosphere was terrific. I mean, a great turnout for for the first cool. game of the year. Um, great specials on. They're giving away tickets to the Super Bowl yeah. at the end of the season, Kevin, during championship weekend. And the Super Bowl is in Vegas this year, as we know, so I don't think I could picture much of a better party than uh, winning some free tickets to head to Vegas and watch uh, watch the Super Bowl this February. Well, so I, we can expect Tuesday and Friday's pretty tough on you this year then well thankfully <laughs> i don't have to go on monday nights unless i'm filling in for connor but friday mornings yeah i'm uh usually going to be a little uh, a little a f- a bigger bags under my eyes than usual I well, guess. well we'll let you head over to the cappuccino machine here right away and get a little jolt for you so uh boy are we excited to uh, introduce our final co-host of the week he'll be with us every friday seven to nine eddie Steele, former elk and actually, a lot of guys that played before the name changed, just like former double ear, former Edmonton player. Do you have a preference, Eddie? Uh, you know what? Probably uh, former former double E, yeah. green and gold. Green and gold, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, Eddie, I mean, you've been doing the broadcasting and the uh, podcasts. You've been doing live hits. You've been doing all kinds of things. But how jacked are you to kind of be in, in the studio for a couple hours every Friday with us? Kevin, honestly, this is such an awesome opportunity just to be here. Uh, I've been tuning in all week, listening to you guys. You guys have been putting out some great fire all week. Awesome. Uh, I want to ask you this. Yeah. How's the week been for you? And we're on a Friday. You've got your first week under <laughs> your belt. How's it been? I'm looking forward to Friday at 11. 
11. How's that sound? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I've been I've, I've been telling people like at the end of my television career, so technically 33 years on the sports desk anchoring, um, we've been we've had cutbacks, cutbacks, cutbacks. I used to do a half hour show when I got here. Mm. At the end of it, it was four minutes. Now it's four hours. Yeah. So how exciting is that to really uh, turn it up a notch and really interact with our listeners now and be a real part of this community? We're going to do so many things here in the in the future, whether it be uh, involvement with charities, involvement uh, just with getting behind, volunteering, et cetera, like that. That's what we're looking for. That's that's what we're all about here. So, And I know you do a, a ton of that stuff too. So uh, we're really excited to have you. Uh, our text line, 1-833-401-1440. If you got something you'd like to ask Eddie Steele, we're going to uh, talk to Eddie for about, uh, you know, 10, 12 minutes here. Uh, just to introduce our lineup for today, it is jam-packed, of course, uh, Eddie's general manager when he won a uh, great cup with the double ears back in 2015 was Ed Hervey. Ed Hervey will join us at 720. He's the assistant general manager of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And 20 years ago, oh, man, what a wild battle of Alberta and the home and home it was. Uh, you remember that one, Eddie? Absolutely. Watching it on TV. Yeah. Uh, Chris Cuthbert and uh, Chris Walby. Yeah. yeah, they were calling it. It was pretty awesome. I do remember it vividly. It was a crazy game. So we're going to get into that with the whole Davis Sanchez and then the rematch. Quick sidebar, the rematch is on Friday when you guys played in the Battle of Alberta, home and home, Labor Day. It's been Saturday. Saturdays. Would you ever entertain? Do you think it's better to have it on a Friday night? Uh, you know what? Honestly, and I, I get the, the player safety aspect, you get an extra day of rest, mm-hmm. but the reality is that extra day doesn't make a huge difference uh, with the turnaround time because you're off your feet all week anyways. Uh, it's really an extra 12 to 16 hours you get of sleep and extra rest, which it's not a huge difference. So yeah, playing on the Friday I think would be an awesome thing because you can pack that house. And how mm-hmm. long has it been since we've seen a true packed Commonwealth? So I think that would be something and that would be awesome to be entertained, absolutely. I agree. We've been saying it for years. Get it back, the back-to-school game. Go to the schools during the week. Amen Get the tickets that. out. Yeah. Uh, at 7.40, we're going to have a quick little hit with Paul Sir, uh, the most knowledgeable man in basketball. Uh, he will be talking about Canada's tough loss to Serbia today at the uh, FIBA World Cup, uh, 95-86. So Canada will play for bronze. Paul will join us for a quick little hit at around 7.40. Every day, Mark Spector, joins us for On the Mark at 8 o'clock. At 8.20, Howard Balzer will be our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame uh, writer and uh, contributor on uh, Sirius XM on the NFL. He will uh, bring it to, to talk about last night's game. Boy, that was a wicked game. What did you think of that game last night, Eddie? You know what? Uh, I hate to put it on one guy, but Casey really should it shouldn't have been what it was because Kadarius Tony dropped four balls. He <laughs> gave Detroit Lions the Detroit Lions a touchdown. So really, that game shouldn't have even been as close as it was. Hate to put it on one guy, but that's really what stood out in that game. At 9 o'clock, Caitlin McGrath from The Athletic covers the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, last night, I believe Texas lost again. Man, are the Rangers in a slump, so the Jays have moved into a little bit better of a position of a, in a wild card spot, but they still uh, have to take advantage of this schedule. We'll have some open time at 9.20. Ian Herbers, head coach of the University of Alberta Golden Bears hockey, time, hockey team, will be with us at 9.40. Uh, at 10.20, now this is a... An interesting story that I kind of uncovered through a buddy of mine, Grant Jongajin, who is an assistant coach at Ross Shepard Thunderbirds uh, football team in high school. The T-Birds 
uh, will have, they've done this for a few years now. So they, what they do, Eddie, is they go and gather, do you call them dead helmets once they've kind of lived their life after a, a football helmet? Yeah. Is, how long does it last for? Uh, uh, you know, I think it's, I want to say like five to 10 years, something okay. like that. But honestly, don't quote me. Right. They're, what are they doing with those helmets? So they've created this great partnership with Cougar Paint and Collision. So they take these helmets that, you know, basically would probably go to the scrap pile. They take them to Cougar Paint and Collision. The guys down there uh, basically clean them up paint them, they put the beautiful decals on them, and then they give them to their seniors when they graduate. Uh, so you've got that memory, you've got that uh, something to look at for the rest of your life. Hey, this is where I played high school ball. That's neat. It is. So Gordon Dick from Cougar Paint Collision and Brian Baczynski, uh, head coach of the Ross Shepherd Thunderbirds, will join us at 1020 to talk about that. Um, I have a, a buddy of mine that played before your time when you played in uh, in CIS then, uh, he played at U of S, and, and his head was so big that they had to get a special helmet for him. Uh, <laughs> they called him Loaf of Breadhead. That was his, that was his nickname. Kendall Kowalik is his name. So you you got a pretty big melon too, Eddie. Yeah, you, did, it's, it's, did, it's, did, people did, say it's more like an egg, though. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you didn't have to get any special made helmets or anything, did you? Let me guess. He was an offensive lineman. No, he was a fullback. Uh, oh, that meathead. That yes, makes sense. there you go. Yeah, Loaf of Breadhead. So that is a pretty jammed, jammed show uh, for sure. So uh, you touched on it uh, last night. You watched the NFL game, Eddie. Did you anything else catch your eye besides Kadarius Tony? But I, I thought the the whole Detroit how they how they went into the game. They gambled early on that fourth down. Yes, in their twenty yard line or whatever it was. I mean, they came to win. They sure did. And uh, what I really love about Detroit starts with your coach. Your coach is the leader. And Dan Campbell being a former player, and uh, he's got that, he's an energy type of guy. You know, he really brings it. He lifts the locker room up. And he's a player's coach because he's been there as a player. So he understands what it is to be like as a coach to have your guys back through thick and thin. And you, you nailed it when they went for that gamble and they got that. And that's when they got the drive to go and get the touchdown because that uh, initiated a ton of momentum for them. So their offense just got rolling after that. So, But it begins and ends with Dan Campbell for mm-hmm. me. Uh, he's a guy that I would love to get out there and go to battle for. How about this quote from Dan Campbell after the game? You can't get better than this. He was asked what he learned about his team after its Thursday night win in Kansas City. Dan Campbell said, I didn't learn anything. I got verification on what I already knew. Hmm. This is a resilient team. It already was a resilient team. We were built to handle some stuff. So th- that's the guy you want to follow. He, he's gritty. And, and I'm from Winnipeg, North End Winnipeg. I'm a hard worker, blue-collar kid myself. Uh, so I, I really can uh, relate to that gritty mentality, and I love hearing that. It gives me chills, man. Battle of Alberta, here we go. Uh, we touched on it off the top about uh, having Ed Hervey on. But just for this rematch um the elks had a very good first three quarters monday in calgary i think on tuesday we talked about the maturation level of the team where do you see it how how can you how can you further expedite that quality so you can pull out a win instead of 
suffering a loss. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate to say it, but I don't think it's a process that you can't expedite. Uh, it's a slow, grueling process, but look at it as it is. You look at where the team was six weeks ago, and you see such a difference already. Just with how they're playing the football games, how they're coming out, how they're executing, not only on offense, but their defense has really picked up strides, although we know they kind of collapse in the fourth quarter. I, I think that it's just going to be something that we see gradually continue continue to grow, continue to be better week in and week out. And that's all you can ask for. Uh, in football, you get one week to have an opportunity to show you what you're about and you don't take advantage of that, flush it onto the next week. And we're seeing them take those steps. And that's the biggest thing is they are taking steps. They're not just remaining dormant bottom feeders like they were early in the year. Former double ear. Eddie Steele is our Friday night co-host here on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Eddie will be with us every Friday, 7 to 9. You can send a text off to us at 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. This one comes in from the Stair Farmer. Good morning, boys. Welcome to the show, Eddie the stair farmer sends that one in. So, uh, already guys are fired up to have Eddie here. Um, that that game when the rematch happens, very. I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it doesn't happen very often that that it's a sweep. Uh, no matter you might win the first one on the road or whatever, but and it hasn't happened very often for the, for the double years. But what's the mindset going back into that? home game at Commonwealth where you know if you're down that one you can't you can't lose them both yeah well I'll keep it real Kevin uh, I uh, nine years in the CFL and I don't think I won one Labor Day game the the LDC game Labor Day Classic mm-hmm. and I played for Hamilton so I would have played in the Toronto against Toronto in that rivalry I played against obviously Calgary in the rivalry and then uh, Winnipeg when I was playing for Sask I lost every Labor Day game, but I think I won almost every rematch. And it's a totally different mentality. You're right. You're playing uh, with a little more fear because you can't get swept. Uh, That's huge if you lose two to uh, your rival. And honestly, I feel like being the loser coming into the rematch, you have a little more edge. You want to play uh, a little bit harder and you want to play a little more physical because you just got embarrassed uh, the game before. And whenever you lose, typically there are embarrassing points throughout a game uh, because there's 80 plays and you're not going to be great on every play. You'll get pancake, you'll get knocked down. So when those types of plays happen, you feel even more embarrassed. So you come back with more of a vengeance. And I think that's part of the reason why we've had so much success. Not a ton on the LD Mm-hmm. But with the rematch, tons of success. Have you got a special memory from those home and home games at all? When the you know when yeah. the chips were on the line here, you do. You know what I do? Uh, actually, 2015, the year we won the Great Cup. Chris Jones comes up to me the week before uh, we go down to Calgary for the LDC, and he asked me to come from defensive tackle and go and play right guard on the offensive <laughs> line. And I'm 280 pounds. Offensive linemen are usually about, you know, 300 plus pounds. And uh, we had a couple other guys who were able-bodied, but I I really don't know why he asked me. I think he just wanted a little more physicality or whatnot. Uh, So I went and I played offensive line down against Micah Johnson, Charleston Hughes in his prime. Had some good success personally, but we lost the game. But we came back up here for the rematch and ran it back, and we stomped them that game. And here's a little 280-pound 
touchdown guard, Eddie Steele, <laughs> uh, just running double teams 10, 15 yards down the field. And it was, it was wild playing offensive line for those two games in probably the most intense atmosphere that you would play in regular season games. But handled it well, and yeah, we got the dub in the rematch. Cool. We're going to talk a little bit more about Eddie's uh, background, a little bit of uh, what he's doing now. Um, a little bit of, I, well, it wasn't controversy on my end, but he was fired from uh, 630 Ched for basically speaking his mind about what was going on with the Edmonton football organization. We'll talk about that as the uh, morning progresses. Um, but coming up uh, after the break, we're going to speak with uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats Assistant General Manager Ed Hervey, get his thoughts about 20 years ago when it was uh, as fierce of a battle as you can ever imagine between these two football teams, Calgary Stampeders, Edmonton football team uh, in the Battle of Alberta. So uh, Swerve will join us uh, right after the break on the Kevin Carrier Show with co-host Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program, 719 in the city. Uh, looking for a high today of about 21. It was pretty nice yesterday. Uh, I was lucky enough to head out to Blackhawk for the Special Olympics golf tournament and had a total blast. Uh, Eddie, you golf a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I dabble a little bit. I'm a, I'm a bogey golfer. <laughs> well, that's better than me yesterday. Uh, so Gregor was supposed to play in this tournament, obviously couldn't because he had to do his show. He asked me to fill in with him. So I played with uh, Delhi from Next Gen and uh, Darren from Kubota and uh, Colin from Cantork, an absolute uh, beauty. Now, good news for our show, bad news for Gregor's show. Those three guys all sponsor Gregor's show, but they've decided to pull the pin on Gregor's advertising and add it to the Kevin Carey's morning show. You wizard, I mean, you. it just, that's networking. That's what you do. <laughs> that, I mean, all you go for a round of golf and you facilitate these things. Life you know? is all about relationships, it Kevin. Is. That's what I tell people. All righty. Yeah. Eddie Steele's with us. He's, uh, we'll be our co-host seven to nine. Uh, you've got uh, the text line open one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Very excited to bring in our next guest, uh, Ed Hervey, uh, assistant general manager now of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Good morning, Ed. How you doing, big guy? I'm doing well. How you doing, Kevin? Very, very good. We got Eddie Steele with us uh, here today, and of course, uh, you were the GM of the Double Ears back in 2015 when you won the Grey Cup, and you had Eddie uh, on the squad. And actually, Eddie brought this question up for me right away, and I'm going to get Eddie to throw it to you right off the hop. And it's about your acumen about finding players and seeing stuff in players. Go ahead, Ed. Absolutely, uh, Ed. First of all, good to be with you, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Absolutely, man. Congrats on the gig, man. I appreciate that, Ed. It's an honor to be chatting with you, man. I respect you, look up to you a ton. So what I wanted to ask you was, and it's something that I've been really pondering myself, uh, just wondering about management and the quest for talent. What do you see in players when you sign them? And it's not just talent because you need to find not only the best players, but it's got to be a mix of players, uh, good quality people to fill out a roster, fill out a locker room. A guy like me, you signed me coming off of a knee injury. So I'm wondering what you see, like a guy like Mike Riley, for example, he was a third stringer in BC. What do you see in these guys to have that eye, knowing that not it's a risk that they might not totally pan out, but you know that they could be stable horses of the organization? Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate that. And um, believe it or not, first of all, when I was uh, starting out as a young scout, I went to one of the All-Star games and, and saw you. You were at one of the All-Star games that I was at. And um, 
outside of being a great player, it was the demeanor that you had, your interaction with the coaches, interaction with your teammates. And when, when I'm looking at players coming into an organization, remember we're talking about a professional environment, right? A professional environment. And in order to have success in professional football, you have to have guys who have the ability to have a, a quality about themselves to be able to conduct themselves in a professional environment. Now, again, all that to be said, you know, you have to be a good player and all those things that goes without saying, but it's when you reach tough times. It's when you put guys together and they have to be able to weather storms. You want good quality people with the character of guys that can be team captains, guys who have the, who have been captains and guys who have the ability to resolve issues amongst themselves. That's the best way that I can explain having good quality players to give you success. Because there are a lot of good players, as we know. And, and Eddie, you can attest to this. There's a lot of good players that are there, but they're just not the quite fit when things go don't go well. Mm. And then they become a distraction. And, and if you have too many players that become a distraction, players look up at management as to what are you going to do about this. And I've always believed that if you have less of those guys around the room and more quality guys, they can squelch it quickly and before it gets to management. And if it does get to management, then our responsibility to the players in the organization is to make sure that those things and those players do not affect the overall chemistry of the organization. And with that said, um, you know, guys like Mike Riley being a third-string quarterback, um, again, that goes into research and, and going on the road and, and asking questions uh, about the guys and about these players. And if you get enough information on people, and I'm not talking about players again, I'm talking about people, individuals, the character of the people, you know that those kind of guys can fit into what you're trying to build. And then obviously you roll the ball out, put good coaching around them and allow it to, to take, to take form. And, and obviously you guys, uh, we're able to do that for us, and, and you know, to this day, we're you know very grateful for the fact that we were able to put a championship together with great people who happen to just be great ball players as well. That's Hamilton Tiger Cats assistant general manager Ed Hervey, and um, in that minute and a half answer, that's how you build a team. And I mean, you can't get it any more succinct than that, Ed. And how tough was it for you to to build that team? in the years prior to winning that great cup to get all those pieces of the puzzle together here in Edmonton in 2015? I think when you talk about tough, I think you also also have to recognize the, the people around you that are able, able to help you build that. Um, you know, the guys like, you know, Paul Jones, who was there, who did, had a very big part in, in the, the, the players that we brought in. Obviously, um, hiring Chris, um, was also big in that, um, and collectively, you know, we all were able to kind of talk and discuss what kind of what we want the team to look like. Again, there there was no compromise on, but you know, having the best players, but again, also making sure that the quality of people, the quality of coaches, the quality of individuals who were to sign an agreement, whether it was to play, to coach, to do personnel, whatever it was. It was just, at least it was important and really more important for me to, to ensure that that was, was a priority. Because, again, 
you can have any type of environment and different environments can be successful. But when we're talking about unleashing these individuals into a community, it just becomes more of a, of a priority. And as far as difficulty, yeah, you know, you go through a trial and error like anyone else. Um, the early years wasn't the greatest um, as far as record, but again, that's when you're, you're moving and, 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 you know, adjusting. And then we caught fire and, and had success mm-hmm. after that. Ed Hervey, assistant GM of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, is our guest. Before we get to uh, the Battle of Alberta from 20 years ago and the 20th anniversary of the Double E's Grey Cup victory in 2003, just want to touch on uh, the Tiger Cats are in Ottawa tonight, Ed. And um, and can you compare what it's like being out there? And I know it's not a home-and-home home on, on Labor Day, but what's it like, the comparable between the Battle of Alberta on Labor Day Classic and rematch as what you do out there playing Toronto on Labor Day? What's what's the difference? I don't know if there is much of a difference. I think there's uh, there's a unique uh, dislike, and, and I don't like to use the word hatred, but I think amongst the fans, I think that that can be uh, stated between both both clubs. Um, you know, again, you throw records out the window when it comes to these Labor Day Classics. And I think they're they're really good for the CFL. I think rivalries are always good, but especially the passion that the fans bring to to the game. I think that is what's so uniquely the same in, in both is that uh, when they get into into it, you watch them, they come in arm in arm, <laughs> but for 60 minutes, you're not sure what's going to happen in the stands or on the field. <laughs> um, but, you know, after that, I, I think there's uh, there's a mutual respect between both sides, but as far as differences, I, I really can't see it. I think that the energy is the same. There's really a dislike on game day, and, and, and both teams show it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Both teams truly do show it, and the fan bases show it. I want to circle back to uh, the Battle of Alberta and uh, the infamous Labor Day Classic brawl that you were involved in. Now, I was a D-tackle, so I I get battling in the trenches against O-linemen, and tons of things are said throughout a football game. Uh, You know, guys pancake each other, and it gets really physical in the trenches. But I want you to take the listeners through what happened exactly with you and Davis Sanchez uh, that ended up uh, resulting in you uh, tossing your helmet and swinging it at him. Uh, if I recall, there was a certain low blow involved, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, I mean, Davis and I, you know, chuckled about it when we became teammates in, uh, in, um, you know, in Edmonton. The, I mean, again, in the heat of battle, right? And if you go back to that game, I think it all kind of, you know, the game was frustrating as it, as it was. And then, um, I remember we were kind of good John back and forth throughout the game, which is part of, of, of the game. But it was when um, I think Ricky scrambled and someone pushed him out of bounds late and we just it just it just ignited. And, you know, so much commotion was going on and different things were happening on the sides and and whatnot and I, I remember just kinda of looking and see, you know, Davis was interacting with some guys and I'm interacting and we just kind of got face to face and then makes them know we're, you know, tussling with each other. And then, Hey, the, you know, there's, there's certain 
parts of battle that you know you just as you know Eddie you just don't do <laughs> yep. um, you know and once I got there then it just it was uh it just, it just kind of ignited even more we were separated and um I think it'll start to cool down and then I just kept hearing this chirping coming out of the side somewhere and then I look up and uh, you know we're walking toward each other again and before we knew it boom you know everything happened and um you know it just and that's where the famous part comes into play where everything <laughs> happened i don't think it was a, i don't think it was i mean i know for a fact it wasn't i was i didn't pull my helmet off looking to, to swing and throw it i my helmet was off because i was uh trying to cool off it just happened to be what was in my hand uh, and, uh yeah it was hot it was hot and it accidentally hit official brent butchko which is why it was resulting in the in the one game suspension. Now, having said that, yeah. you Ed, uh, as Ed Hervey is our guest uh, on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty with co host Eddie Steele, I think Ed, you and and Davis have since said many times that you guys should have received a cut out of the gate for the rematch on the Friday night, <laughs> which was sold out, I believe, sixty two five at Commonwealth. Yeah. Uh, what was it like that those days after, and then leading up to that game on on the Friday night? Yeah, it was such a short week. I remember having a conversation. Um, so there was questions of whether I was going to be able to play or not and all those different things. And I remember uh, Hugh Campbell and Rick Wallacher um, and uh, it was Tom Higgins, I believe, was mm-hmm. the coach at the time. But he, Tom and I didn't talk about, about it. It was more Hugh and, and Rick. And Hugh had mentioned that in order to um, – allow the team to practice quickly and just get things settled that the club was going to suspend me for the game so we could move forward and we'll just get ahead of whatever the league was going to do. And I was like, yeah, okay, it's, it's fine. Um, I just remember getting noticed that if, if they saw the whites of my eyes anywhere in the stadium that I would get suspended for another game. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> so I watched the game in the training room and occasionally I peeked out the door. But as far as that week, it was just, um, I just remember talking with the team about, like, you know, this is not going to be a, um, a distraction. And this team, you know, Calgary is, is a team that we just need to, to, to bury. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be there, but just please, you know, show our fans exactly how good this team is and can be and go out there and, and put this thing to bed. Now, did I expect the team to win 38 nothing? No, but I did expect the team to, you know, to 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 get the uh, the revenge in, in the in the turnaround game, and that week was hectic. But it it was short, it was quick, and then after that, I think we went on to play BC and ended up going on our way and then ultimately winning winning the championship. Now, Ed, I've been a part of some situations, not so much melees and brawls, but, you know, some tough situations where you got to get each other's backs and you got some adversity coming against you. Uh, did you find that that galvanized the team moving forward? I, I believe so. I, do, I believe that was one of the final um, opportunities for the team to, to know and show who had one another's back. Because I'm talking, you're talking – Sean Fleming's in the is in the mix. I mean, it was mm. it wasn't like people were standing around watching others go. It was it was all out full team um, having each other's back, as I like to call it. I mean, people call it a brawl and all this other stuff. And yeah, I mean, hey, it, it's what it is. But I think Eddie, as you know, when the dust settles 
and you see those snapshots of things happening around you. And even though in the moment you probably can't describe it at that at that time, when the dust clears, you can and will be able to explain. And the one thing that I can say that you will notice and you will be able to always say is that when I looked around, I saw various teammates having each other's back, ensuring that people weren't getting jumped on and all these other things. And, and yes, to galvanize a group to know that when you look across the, the, you know, the, the, the locker room, whether it's on offense or defense, to know that when that brawl hit, you know, you're like, man, those are guys I can <laughs> count on. Because, you know, hey, if I'm, whether I'm on the football field or in a bar, these guys are going to have my back. And I think from that point on, there was no question in anyone's mind whether or not this team, that team at the time was together and would do anything for each other. I think that's the proudest uh, piece that I can pull out of that uh, situation that was, you know, negative, obviously, for the league and for myself personally. Um, but again, you know, in, in an emotional game, an emotional sport, um, that was what was most proud moment was to know that, hey, you got teammates that I have me back. Ed, I just got to say, golly, man, you guys got an extra roster spot open tonight because I'm <laughs> ready to jump on a jet and play, man. You got me fired up. <laughs> hey, man, you were always a good player. You were always fired up. Like, again, you were one of those players that was always able to, again, keep guys, keep a level head with guys, but you played so hard. You played well. And I don't think we could have won anything without your presence on our football team. Ed Hervey's our guest here on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 with co-host Eddie Steele. Um, Ed, a lot of text coming in to 1-833-401-1440. A lot of them have the – they they want you to come back to Edmonton. It's that simple. Um, uh, I'm not going to get into that because I know you are where you are, but I I am one of the many people, and I think there are a lot of them in Edmonton that believe that when you left in 2017, when you were fired, um, the franchise – has been going down uh, a lot since then. Um, just I, I, so I want to phrase this the right way. Can you, when you're in Hamilton and you see what was going on last year and this year, and you see what's going on in Edmonton, um, and I know you have to choose your words carefully, but I know a big piece of your heart is here. Um, what what were you thinking? What were you feeling when you were kind of seeing this team struggle in Edmonton? You know. I, I... I'll just, I'll just put it this way, you know, because, like, I have a lot of um, genuine respect um, for the people that are there. And I know one thing about Chris Jones and, and his group. Like, Chris is, Chris is an extremely hardworking guy and wants to win more than than, than anyone that I, I that I know. And Chris is a guy that I know is, good, is, is out to do a, a good job. And, again, you don't never want to see any team in the league do poorly. You never want to see a team struggle. Like, we want to see teams do well. And I know that, you know, it's got to break to, for him to, to, to have to go through some of the stuff that they've gone through early. But, I mean, look at them now. You know, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're picking it up. Obviously, Ford is, is electrifying. And, you know, the, the fans of that city, regardless of what that team has done and isn't doing, you know, it's the one thing that has always been a, a key part of that city is that community and that fan base. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, to, it would be great to see this, the fans just continue to support that organization, keep going to the stands, keep going to the games, and just know that this is a, 
you know, these struggles are short-lived um, in sport. And, and, you know, again, the people that are in place are there to, 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 to make it better. Um, I, you know, I just would like to see the stands full in Edmonton moving forward. Um, but, you know, the organization needs it, the, the, the fans who are there, who are showing up every day, would love to see more people there. And if you remember, there are people who volunteer and, 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 and work at that stadium that make a living when people show up and, and money comes in. It's, it's, it's a lot more than just what's going on on the field. Right. But as far as the, the game itself, I mean, I appreciate the kind words and, and all those things. And, you know, having played there my entire career, obviously, you know, you look and you, you, you want to see uh, the, the club thrive. And, uh, but I do know that it's in good hands, and I, and I believe that. And um, you know, just hey, just stay the course and look forward to seeing what, what the club is able to do moving forward. Ed, uh, thanks so much for spending some time. Uh, I know you've got a big game tonight in uh, Ottawa. Big game, four, four and seven, the Tiger Cats, Ottawa three and eight. So this is a huge game for your team. Uh, the CFL needs more Ed Herbies. We know that. Uh, thanks a lot for being uh, with us, and we hope to catch up with you in the future. Thanks, big guy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and uh, thanks again, and congrats on the uh, new gig. I'm glad to see that uh, Edmonton's got Sports Radio back. Hey, thanks for that comment. That's uh, Hamilton Assistant General Manager Ed Hervey, uh, our guest on the Kevin Carrier Show with co-host Eddie Steele. Uh, coming up after the break, we'll hook up with basketball guru Paul Sir to talk about Serbia and Canada this morning. This is the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program, 743 in the Capital Region um, with co-host Eddie Steele on Fridays from 7 to 9, and the texts keep rolling in at one 401 Hey, they brought in Kevin to carry us through the mornings, but it's looking like Eddie is going to steal the spotlight on Fridays. That comes from Gene Principe. No, it's it's actually Matt and LeDuc. <laughs> well played there. Yes. Um, uh, morning uh, from Lee. And this is something we sort of broached with, uh, with Ed Hervey. Would Ed ever consider coming back? Uh, I dig his passion for uh, in a winning organization from Lee. Yeah, well, we kind of talked about that. Eddie's, Ed, Ed Hervey's in a position where he's, you know, he's under contract. He's not going to say anything like that, but... I, you know, if you know Ed, it's something, I mean, this... He bleeds green. Yes. He bleeds green. There's green. no denying yes, it. Yes, and that is for sure. So, uh, you got a quick, before we get to Paul, sir, uh, to talk a little bit about uh, Canada basketball, uh, the Canadians losing to Serbia, 95-86. He had a quick story with uh, yeah, uh, about Ed Just Irving. the respect that I have for Ed, uh, you know, he signed me uh, to a contract coming off of an injury, a pretty significant injury, uh, and actually gave me a new contract, the Great Cup year. So I had a lot of success stories under Ed, but just to give you all, all you listeners, uh, a level of the respect that I have for Ed Hervey. Uh, this man cut me. He's a guy who cut me as my GM, and I still, through thick mm-hmm. and thin, that business is business, and I truly appreciate and respect what he's about, and I, I firmly believe that um, th- things really did start to erode away, like you mentioned, uh, once he was no longer with the double uh, E. Uh, I agree with that, and we've been talking about that for now six years. So uh, let's bring in Paul Sir. From, um, well, Alberta basketball, but I believe those days are a little bit over. Uh, Paul, uh, I mean, basically the face of basketball in our province uh, for many, many years. And uh, uh, good morning, Paul. And we have a new rule. Anyone that texts me at uh, 5.30 in the morning gets to come on the show. How's that sound? <laughs> 
sounds like a guy with too much time on his hands <laughs> and a sleep issue. But uh, I, I'm actually getting ready because we're taking an early flight tomorrow. So I'm doing my pre-flight training of getting up early. So uh, it's great to be with you guys. Oh, cool, cool, for sure. Uh, and you're going to be with us a lot. Uh, we're going to actually have you in uh, on on Monday as well to kind of wrap up the weekend and talk a little bit about uh, uh, FIBA 3x3 and some other, uh, all things basketball. But we'll have you in again on Monday. But we wanted to just quickly concentrate on uh, today's game and uh, Serbia over Canada, 95-86. R.J. Barrett had 23. But um, just by, I, I didn't get a chance to, to look at the game, but by just kind of looking up at it, this morning, uh, a lot of foul trouble. So where where did this one get away from uh, the Canadians, do you think, Paul? Well, uh, Serbia has, I, I would say, uh, Serbia probably has the purest, most uh, passionate, and most effective basketball culture, in my opinion, in the world. And I would put that even over the Americans. And the reason I say that is, is as much of a stretch as that may sound, it's a country of 10 million people that finds a way, not just in basketball, but in other sports, to compete at an extremely high level. And Serbia, of, of all of the teams in, in the World Cup, I really felt posed, along with the Americans, the biggest threat to the Canadian team. With all the talent Canada has, Serbia has the experience in the FIBA world, where Canada kind of does and kind of doesn't. And when you inject NBA guys into the FIBA world, it's a different brand of basketball. And I can expand on that if you guys want to, but you the way it got it. away from them today mm-hmm. is Serbia had a great game plan. They went right at Shea Gilkis Alexander, got him in foul trouble early, junked it up on defense, made it difficult for him to score, and RJ stepped up. But uh, Serbia was just more effective, had a better team concept, and they were ready for Canada. Yeah, it's pretty funny how you mention uh, Serbia and just the powerhouse that they are, Paul, uh, because Nikola Jocic, uh, multiple-time MVP in the NBA, I remember there was an interview when he got asked the question, he said, do you feel pressure? And he says, no, I don't feel pressure. I played in Serbia, brother. And that just goes to show you just the intensity that they do truly have over there. Uh, I want to shift gears to the Canadian team here as we're talking with Paul Serb from uh, former Basketball Alberta uh, on Sports 1440. Uh, Paul, I was wondering, is this the best Canadian team ever that's been uh, rostered out? What is the state of Canadian basketball? Well, I'll answer the second part first. If I could, the the state of Canadian basketball is great. Uh, We have more players playing at high, the highest levels in the world than we've ever had before. Uh, It's often quoted, but the Canada has the second most NBA players of of any nation. That's a that's a big accomplishment. We have hundreds and hundreds of our players playing high level Division One basketball down in the states. We have dozens and dozens of players, men and women, playing at the highest levels internationally. Our grassroots teams, our youth group teams are all competing very well. We've never had more talent that can compete at the highest level than we have right now. So state of basketball, it's growing in leaps and bounds, fastest growing sport in the country. So we've got things going in the right direction. To to the second part, though, on this team, is this the best team 
Arguably, maybe, but I can't say 100% yes, because back in the day with Triano and uh, his group back in the 80s where people, you know, those are distant memories. Those were very good basketball teams, and they competed successfully, not quite at the medal level, but they competed successfully internationally. This has the most talent, I think. Is it the best team? Not quite sure. I think... This was a, This has been, and we'll see. They have to play in a bronze medal game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We'll see that, that they've, they've developed. They've come on. They've beaten some good teams. They've got a great coach who knows the international game really well. So all the pieces are in place, but it really is a learning curve because if I could say this, FIBA basketball, World Cup Olympics, that's big boy basketball. The NBA is a different brand of basketball. It's mm. entertainment, but there's so many restrictions on what you can do on defense. Luka Doncic has said it, that it's much easier to play in the NBA than it is to play in the FIBA league. Right. Mm. Uh, Paul Sears, our guest on the Kevin Carrier Show with co-host Eddie Seal on Sports 1440. Well, Paul, what happens when you add Jamal Murray to the mix? Well, there's a lot of pundits that think that that could go either way. Like they're kind of 50-50 on it because who who scores? Now, I think it would be great because you have another scoring option like today. Like R.J. Barrett is a, is a great player, but he's not a primary scorer like Shea Gil- Gilgis Alexander is or a breakdown player uh, like Jamal Murray is. So that's only going to strengthen them. Plus, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Mathurin from uh, uh, Indiana. Those are really good players that could add a lot of depth and talent to this roster as they get ready for the Olympics, which they successfully qualified for the first time since 2000. Other teams are going to load up too. Serbia not only does not have Jokic in the lineup, they have three or four other guys that would have started that aren't on this team. Other teams are going to load up. Spain's going to be better next year. Everybody's going to be better. So what I think the most important takeaway, guys, from this competition is the understanding of how tough it is to win in the FIBA game. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, I wanted to kind of just expand on what you were saying of the differences between the, the FIBA game and the NBA. To the person like myself that doesn't have the eye that can tell the difference apart, can you explain that to our listeners, what the main differences are um, between the two? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, and, I, and I really thank you for that opportunity. The differences are, the reason I call it big boy basketball at the feeble level, they have no restrictions on defense. You can do anything you want in terms of zone defenses, uh, big guys in the middle to change shots. You can, you can junk it up. You're not obligated to be within a certain distance of the uh, person that you're guarding. The NBA doesn't have that. They have this rule the defensive three seconds and and that's why you see big post players they they jump into the lane and then they have to get out otherwise it's a three second call and and the reason the nba does it is for entertainment value there's a reason why luka Doncic can get to the rim unencumbered almost any time he wants and a lot of it is number one he's really good but number two the way the defenses have to play you have to be within a certain distance of the guy you're guarding or you have to run and double-team a player, which leaves a player open and makes rotations on defense much, much harder. In FIBA, you don't have to think about that. You just do whatever you want. If you want to double a guy, go double him. If you want to help in the middle and clog the middle up so uh, players like Shea Gil- Gilgis-Alexander 
uh, can't get to the rim uh, without being touched, you can do that. So the NBA really, their rules on defense make it much easier for one-on-one players to be successful, where in the FIBA rule, not only can they junk up the defenses, as we, you know, as we call it, they're rough. <laughs> I mean, these guys play for keeps. They, it's a much rougher brand of basketball than even the NBA is. The NBA puts such a premium on athleticism and shooting and freeing players up to be able to attack the rim, like uh, for the reasons I mentioned. But that doesn't happen in FIBA. You're going to have to really get in the you're going to have to really get in the trenches and fight it out. Does that does that help clarify? It does. It yeah, it does. Would yeah. you say it's a different compete level between that and the NBA? Well, you know, the NBA is just loaded with phenomenal athletes. I mean, there's no question uh, to your point that that's the the best league in the world. But when you start when you start talking about wearing the 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 maple leaf or the Serbian flag, the culture in countries like Serbia and many others, I mean, they're used to without hesitation representing their country and the national pride that's taken when they're on the court is huge. What's encouraging for Canada this year is to get the NBA players they got. And you got guys like Dylan Brooks who loves to muck it up just like the FIBA guys. So there's an element of toughness that I think Canada hasn't had for a long time, as well as getting the major talent. Jamal Murray would have played this year if he wasn't beat up and uh, you know just mm-hmm. absolutely worn out from winning an NBA championship. So Canada is trending in the right direction, but they have to trend in the right direction. A lot of people expect them to be on the podium next year, but I think this right. is a good reminder of how tough you have to be, not just how talented you are, in order to be able to compete for a medal at the Olympics. Well, good stuff, Paul. We're going to leave it there, but we're going to get you back on Monday morning, and we'll set that up at the right time because Canada will play uh, for bronze uh, against Germany, and then we've got to talk about 3x3. We've got to talk about uh, the Plouffe sisters, uh, Michelle having a fabulous year, and then we're also going to touch on Reed Clark leaving the Edmonton Stingers. So we're going to get all that in on Monday. So have a safe trip to uh, Los Angeles, and we'll... uh, We'll speak to you from uh, the City of Angels on Monday. Thanks for this, Paul. I'll be sitting on the beach with the waves <laughs> laughing. and no, <laughs> yeah. I doubt that, but no, thanks, guys. It's a real pleasure to talk to you. Great to have you on the air and uh, really excited for Edmonton sports fans that uh, uh, that this is back, uh, that sports talk is back in business. So thanks, guys, and uh, really look forward to talking on Monday. All right, good stuff. Thanks, thanks Paul. that's Paul Sir, the guru of Alberta basketball. Um, we will have uh, On the Mark with Mark Spector at the top of the hour. But before that, time now for a sports update brought to you by First Round, your home for the NFL. You can join Gavin from Oilers Nation this Sunday at the downtown location on 104 Ave. You wear an NFL jersey and you will get 50% off the wings, and they are some tasty wings at first round. That is only at first round. Here is the Duke.